Let's see where it comes in on the Schindler scale. We we're going to say, <laughs> I was going to say Schindler's <laughs> Let me redo that one more time. Oh. <laughs> Talk about a Freudian <laughs> slip. I'm going to do that one more time. <laughs> Wrong hole, fool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's going to be so, so hard for me not to use this as a cold open because it's so good. Regular beats. What stuff? Eat your popcorn, mate. Welcome to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I am your host, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth master. A vacationing in Brazil. My legal opinion is that you take a Brazilian vacation permanently. I'm here with Magna Mills and the Soup Deuce, and we're going to talk about what we've watched recently and to discuss the 2009 Rob Schneider film, Big Stan. I am Magna Mills. I'm just being a regular dude in cards on the table here. I really thought Rob Schneider was just over after South Park turned him into a stapler, but here we are. Rob Schneider is the stapler, rated PG-13. Thanks for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember your flaps. We appreciate it. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Again, wherever you get your pods, find us on the YouTubes, and we're on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. Helps other people find the show. We appreciate it. You pay the chain forward. That's how you survive in prison. At least I'm pretty sure. Soup. How do you survive in prison? Man, how do you survive in, in prison? I don't know, man. Um, I don't have any firsthand information on that one, but uh, I know that you have to learn how to not be raped, man. At least that's what I learned from the movie. That, and if you walk through a locker room, you're going to see some dick. Good advice, man. Good advice. Take that with you in life. Anyway, I am The Soup, and I am here with the boys to talk about fucking big stand man big stand we're here for that regular dudes watch stuff check us out give us a thumb give us your fucking flaps man don't forget about that shit and uh let's get into it man before we go to jail with rob schneider we're going to talk about what we filled our eye holes with recently now if you filled your ear holes that works well uh we'll, we'll talk about that too we'll try to avoid any spoilers here so don't you worry and if we'll, we'll give you a heads up if we're uh you know if we're getting into that territory so mills What's up, dude? Did you did you get started on your MASH rewatch yet? Ah, JBD, to quote Billy West as Dr. Zoidberg, imitating Alan Alda as Hawkeye Pierce. Are you ready to operate, Doctor? I'd love to, but first I have to perform surgery. Oh, <laughs> scalpel. Blood bucket. Priest. Been keeping up on a couple things. I do want to shout out the season two finale of Perry Mason on HBO. It was really great enjoyed it they have not renewed it for season three hopefully they do it ends in a way that i think could really set up the series to continue it took them i think three years between season one and season two even if it doesn't come out right away really enjoyed it i mean matthew reese is great you also had uh juliet rylance and chris chalk all phenomenal uh, as far as newer stuff that i've watched I, I did fill up the holes pretty good but i do have to talk about citadel that's the new show from amazon they're pushing it. The stories around it are crazy. The budget's over $200 million, apparently. And it's all for six episodes that are like 40 minutes long. There's a lot of hype. You got uh, you got Rob Stark in there, Richard Madden, uh, Priyanka Chopper-Jones, Stanley Tucci. 
I watched the first two episodes. They're out on Amazon. You can tell they went to different locations. There's some nice wide shots where you see all the different cities and everything like that. But holy shit, this is pretty bad. Like, this is actively bad. Like, people are worried. It can't really hurt Amazon. It's basically a Jeff Bezos pet project, almost. It's not a huge deal if they lose money like this. But there's no way you can spend this much money. It's just... I don't know who they're making it for or, or what they think. I mean, honestly, outside of the boys, the Amazon's been a little hit or miss for me on their original stuff for a while. Like back in the day, I enjoyed like the tick and the man, the high castle and stuff like that. Just the newer stuff hasn't really gotten there. Although, like I said, the, the boy stuff's been pretty great, but yeah, dude, Citadel, a uh, big downer. I was hoping that would be a cool one. It, it, you know, international spies, you got some Jason Bourne shit, some conspiracy shit that should be right up my alley. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully it gets better, but uh, it's already renewed for season two, so we'll see. And another thing I checked out, it's called uh, Fire on Mars. That's on HBO Max. Saw four episodes of that. It's an animated series, basically about a dude who takes a job. He's got to take a one-way trip to Mars for the job. He gets fired. What happens next? Uh, I've seen the first four episodes. Luke Wilson stars. Great cast. Uh, Steven Root's in there. Started out a little slow, but mostly because they had to set up the whole premise. Uh, first season... It's only eight episodes, so dropping them two at a time, so there's like only two weeks left. I'll check back in on it when it's over, but it's a fun little, you know, adult comedy, kind of dark, but interesting. So especially if you kind of like that, the Luke Wilson tone, a little bit kind of dry humor, you know, he's doing the everyman thing. I think you'll enjoy it. Definitely solid. Uh, Jamie G, how have you been filling your holes, if I dare ask? I've been filling them, and, you know, some would say fast, some would say hard, but everyone would say I've been filling them good. And Magnum Mills, I got to tell you, um, I have been enjoying Yellow Jackets. We piloted that first episode. Uh, we did the pilot episode here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. And I got to say, man, I, I, it took me a couple weeks to kind of go back to it, but I'll be I'll be a son of a gun. I mean, it is it is fantastic. I've, I've got two or three episodes left in season one. I've really, really, really enjoyed it. And as far as kind of, you know, the newer thing that I've watched, I mean, that, that's way up there for me. I did check out the first episode of Vikings Valhalla, um, which was really cool. I was a big fan of the original Vikings. Um, so this, this is kind of cool. We'll see where that goes. Uh, outside of that, I have been filling my holes with, dude, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. When was the last time you guys played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Um, I got this cool little thing, this Pandora G-Box, dude. I call it my little G-Spot. And um, this thing is fun, dude. It's got like, I don't know, like 5,000 games on there. And one of them is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. So shout out. That's been really cool. Enjoyed that a lot. Um, outside of that, I've been a lot of poker, both online uh, and, you know, checking out podcasts, shout out Black Rain. Uh, that dude is a smart dude that helped me out a lot. So that's kind of what I've been filling my uh, my time with, you know, since the last time we chatted. Soup. <laughs> oh, Damn, thank God dude. we didn't have to sit through another fucking fish that list. Those of you that know the show and know Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth know that I can go on and on and on geeking out about all things fish. But... Not everyone on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff can do the same. So we're going to put Magna Mills to the limit here, and we're going to play a little game. And this is for everyone who doesn't know fish and everyone who's not a fish person, because to you guys, it's all crazy cult shit, and you don't get it, right? But this is going to be fun. So Magna Mills, I am going to walk you through a real fish set list, and then I'm going to walk you through a fake fish set list, non-fish songs. 
Uh, and we're going to see which one sounds real to you, a non-fish fan. Set list option A. We got a set opener of free to be into frozen in time. We got a, sim a sample of the soul. Then we get a big demand into a 32-minute freezer, a 32-minute freezer, deep, funky jams. We get an ocean is love, and then we get a prince into a drinking cup to round out set one. Absolute phenomenal show. Option B, this set list. We get an opener of the curtain with, then we get a ruby waves, we get a gumbo into a ghost, a nice, sick, funky ghost. We get a soul planet. Then we get one of my all-time favorites, a meat stick into party time. Then we get a rarely played Julius. And then we close it out as Julius transitions right into theme from the bottom. There you have it, Magna Mills. Option A, option B, what is a true, real fish set? And what is fake? Fake with a PH. Fake with a PH. Cards on the table. The first one, I was sure the first one was real when you finished it. But then the second one seemed so exaggeratedly fake that I, I was, are you that good of a writer? I'm going to say, no, you're not that good of a writer. So I'm going to go with set list one is the real fish set list. Set list one is the fake set the fake fish set list <laughs> oh, come on man you really oh. got they got the other uh, meat stick is the one that did it for me like our, <laughs> I, I believe curtain, meat sticks curtain a good with, jam, dude. ruby waves gumbo ghost soul planet meat stick into dually like that was i don't know something about meat stick <laughs> i was like all right he's fucking with me now with meat stick no meat stick's a great one and uh you know we'll do this again we'll keep pushing Fish into Mills's life. Right on, man. Well, uh, shit, dude. You've been you've been filling your holes pretty hard. I've been filling my holes. Uh, I've been filling my holes too, man. I've been filling my holes too. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit here and there. There was a show that I fucking stumbled on called The Freak Brothers, man. And this fucking show was pretty cool. It's animated. It's got a fucking stellar cast, dude. I'd never heard of it. I think it's like super low key. It's free on Tubi, and it's probably on some other shit. It's got Woody Harrelson. It's got fucking John Goodman. It's got uh, Blake Anderson and Adam Devine from fucking Workaholics and shit, who also are, like, writers and producers and everything. This is a pretty solid one, dude. It's, like, kind of in the style of, like, a Cheech and Chong-ish kind of thing. It's definitely a weed comedy, but it's uh, it's an animated joint that's fun and worth checking out, man. I'm glad. I, I think it's only the one season, but I'm glad I went ahead and uh, and found that one, man. So give that fucking thing a look, man. I also, uh, I also checked out the new... The newest uh, Broken Lizard movie, Quasi. Um, this fucking thing was not so good. It was all right. It's it's good enough to like watch, but it's not a beer fest by any means. It's certainly not a Super Troopers or a Slam and Salmon by any means either, man. You know. So uh, I do like those guys, and props to them for still uh, doing stuff. It is what it is. It had its moments, but it, uh, you know, I'm not saying don't check it out. Definitely check it out, but uh, but don't you know expect a, a, a slammer out of it, you know. How, how would you rank it, Soup? Would you rank it as their as their worst? Is it? I mean, is it better than Club Dread? I mean, I it's I don't not better Club than Club Dread. Dread. Yeah, no, I like Club Dread maybe because I've seen them. All. It took me a minute to even 
you know, so that one, maybe I watch this one again down the road or something. And, it, and it's, but right now I'd probably put it below Club Dread, you know. Like I said, it had moments and shit, and, and it was, it's, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain without like giving too much away about it. I mean, it's, it's takes place like old school, fucking almost like a Monty Python kind of situation. I could maybe relate that a little bit. And it's, it's in like old school France where there's kings and shit and the Pope and everything else, man. And they do, they do some of this fucking comedy with the whole French shit that's pretty funny. Um, but I mean, it's about the hunchback in Notre Dame, dude. You know, I mean, the, it, it's Quasimodo, you know. <laughs> So I guess whatever, check it out. Let me know what you think about it. But uh, like I said, man, right now it doesn't rank very highly. I'm not pissed I watched it. You know, I mean, it's fine. I like those guys and shit. But uh, but yeah, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Next. That's good soup. So put that review on the poster. Yeah, put that yeah. on. Yeah. that on a fucking bumper sticker, man. Um, I also, you know, real quick, I have, I have been filling my ear holes with some uh you know given the fact that we watched uh you know big stan and in our in our you know going over that one tonight it reminded me a lot of the sandler things being that schneider has been in a lot of sandler things and everything else as far as uh movies and audio things and everything else so i went ahead and gave a revisit to adam sandler's fucking and cds that he put out back in the day man you know uh, they're all gonna laugh at you and uh like when he came out with the with the fucking uh audio what the fucks man and they were fucking awesome dude just little skits on a fucking album they were great i highly recommend giving those another look if you haven't ever or if you haven't in a while man they're fucking hilarious and i think we need to bring that about at some point on the show and maybe dive a little deeper into it but for now yeah man give it a give it a repeat yeah, you want to check those out. You don't want to be a toll booth, Willie. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'm coming out of the booth. fucking booth. The booth. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Watch out the for that greatest. steak. That was cool, man. That brings us to our featured review for the episode. And last time, we couldn't come to a consensus, so we spun the big wheel in the sky. And it landed on Big Stan, which was the Soup Deucer's pitch. So, Soup. Why don't you, you uh why don't you tell us why you wanted to to break down and talk about Big Stan? You know, the main reason I decided to vote for Big Stan and pitch or the decide the reason I decided to fucking pitch Big Stan was because um I wanted to switch up the vibe. I didn't think it would win, you know, but we had been on kind of a serious fucking tip for the past few doing some real intense movies, man. And uh and I was like, this is a movie that isn't gonna fucking stress anybody out. This is just a fun movie. It's a Schneider flick. It's going to be what it is. I had no intention uh, or I had no expectation that it would fucking uh, end up winning the wheel, but it did. So here we are, man. Now we get to have a good time talking about a movie that's, you know, written in, or well, at least directed. I think written and directed by Schneider and he acts in it and shit, man. And uh, I thought it was a pretty good one, you know. So uh, so here we are. Let's uh, Let's break it down and finger it out, man. No doubt. And Mills, you'll hit us with the deets, but I do believe it was just directed by Schneider, written by um, by somebody else. Mills, go ahead and uh, why don't you put out the welcome mat and uh, open us up for business here. Don't mind if I do, but I'm going to be very particular about where I put that welcome mat. This is Big Stand, directed by Rob Schneider, written by Josh Lieb, produced by John Schneider, Mark A.Z. DePay, Rob Schneider, David Hillary, and Timothy Wayne Peternal. Cinematographer was Victor Hammer. Edited by Richard Hazley. Music by John Hunter and John Debney. 
released September 24th, 2019, had a budget of $7.5 million, did $8.7 million of business at the United States box office on a running time of 105 minutes, starring Rob Schneider, David Carradine, Jennifer Morrison, M. Emmett Walsh, Scott Wilson, Richard Kind, and Henry Gibson. The short plot synopsis is, a weak con man panics when he learns he's going to prison for fraud. He hires a mysterious martial arts guru who helps transform him into a martial arts expert who can fight off inmates who want to hurt or love him. A uh, little nice little tongue in cheek. Uh, tongue in cheek for sure. Synopsis there. Soup, uh, <laughs> hit us with a spoiler warning. Well, we're going to tell you right now, man. This is a full on spoiler for Big Stan. So not only that, we're going to be discussing everything and everything that happens in that in that movie, but there might come into play some other Schneider flicks and everything else. So there might be a spoiler here and there and anything that might relate to this movie and maybe some various Sandler shit as well. So anyway, you have been warned. Spoiler alert. Prepare yourselves or get the fuck out of here because now's the time. Just go ahead and make yourself unspoilerable. And make your hands. <laughs> Before we get into Big Stan... We got to talk a little bit about the Schneider, dude. Rob Schneider. I mean, this guy, he's produced, he's directed, he's starred in Big Stan. So it's its fair to say that your level of enjoyment with this film could be directly correlated to your feelings about Rob Schneider. Soup, you told us why you pitched Big Stan. and uh, But tell us how you feel about Rob Schneider before you watch this one, man. I mean, this is a dude who's been all... I mean, his, his stints on Saturday Night Live, I mean, he's done a lot of shit, dude. But he's definitely got... His own style. I tell you what, man. You know, I mean, Schneider is—he's great, dude. He's been in a lot of—he's been in a lot of stuff. He's had a very accomplished career. You know, I mean, I think he's had dozens and dozens more like cameo appearances and just little side roles, and he has like, you know, been uh, the lead guy in, in in movies. You know, I mean, he's had like you know, Big Load, Animal Hot Chick, those kind of things. But this movie, Big Stan, um, you know, is is one of those, and I think this was uh, something a little bit different than those other ones man a little bit more uh whatever it is i'm not even sure the word of it but uh as far as him overall man i mean he's done a lot dude everything like you said everything from saturday night live to like you know all kinds of like various shit involving adam sandler and everything that you know he's been involved in and all that you know so uh yeah very accomplished very cool fucking dude man you know so uh yeah i'm a fan and dude i'm there too i mean he's like i said he's definitely got his own style and kind I mean, of he's his quirky. Shtick. And, yeah, it, he's, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it and sometimes it can be, you know, corny a little bit, but I, I like it, dude. And I'll just, you know, there's always certain kind of roles that he does that that always stay in my head. There was that one Saturday Night Live skit where he's like, he's just walking around the store and he's like the white hippie guy. And he's just like walking around the store and he finds all these little containers and he's like, you can put your weed in here. I mean, he's just, you know, he's just that guy, man. So he's always he's always had a bunch of uh those type of roles. This was kind of the full on Rob Schneider movies, right? Like the Deuce Bigelow's of the world. Um, you know, this one, you got to know what you're getting into, but I enjoy him, man. I mean, I, I enjoy his, his shtick. The Schneider stick. The Schneider stick. I would say for me, it's more of the Schneider plateau because I really liked his early career stuff. I remember as the announcer in Necessary Roughness, 
He's got even Judge Dredd, the SNL stuff, Demolition Man. So I kind of like he's going up and then he starts doing the Sandler stuff and he plateaus. It's it's fun. You like seeing him, especially Waterboy. You know, you're going to do it. He can do it. That's, you know, you I, can I, do love, it. I, I love that so much. And I think he understood who he was and he was cool and, and don't mind him in, you know, the grownups and that kind of thing and, and all the whatever happy Madison that they're going now. But, you know, it's not something I actually seek out. I didn't mind, like, say, Deuce Bigelow, but I thought most of the time when he was put front and center, he's just not, it's just too much to ask his shtick to kind of carry a movie. So I think this was, you know, an interesting shot at it. And uh, shout out, none of us have mentioned it. He did one kind of famous episode of Seinfeld. I want you so bad, Bob. You turn me on so much. You're so damn. Yeah, so you forget, Rob Schneider has really been around, so even was on Seinfeld, but I honestly hadn't really seen him in anything since Grown Ups, I think, so it was kind of interesting to check this one out. Now that we know where we stand on Rob Schneider, let's give our overall thoughts on Big Stan. I enjoyed it. I thought it started a little bit slow, but it, it has its moments, man, where it makes you laugh, and look, that's really all you can ask for. Um, if something makes you, you know, makes you laugh, then great. While I enjoyed it a lot, I don't know that I'll be signing up to 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 watch it again. Um, I think it was kind of, you know, I'm glad I watched it. It was fun. It had its moments. And there's some funny one-liners in there, man. Definitely a couple of parts that, that had me cracking up. Uh, but I don't know that I'm going to go out there. I, I'm not sure the rewatchability is there. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree, dude. Not really a rewatcher, man, but a good one. You know, I mean, it's, it's a fun movie to check out, man, you know. Yeah, I agree completely in that I don't know that I will really be inclined to revisit this. And for the most part, it does start out a little bit slow. You kind of get some lowest common denominator jokes. And it's just like, really, this is what they're going to make the premise of the movie of. But when David Carradine shows up as the master, it definitely kicks into another level. And that's great. I love everything with him. And the prison plot isn't bad but it does plateau pretty quickly and then it just feels like you're waiting around killing time till you get to the final act i don't mind it it wasn't a bad flick or anything i just think that for a movie that was based around you know him going to prison the prison stuff was probably almost the least interesting stuff in the flick sure i'll agree with that man you know um there, there was a that, that's kind of what that's kind of what was cool about it though man you know I mean, that you knew that was coming, but it was delayed six months, you know, so you had that a bit of time. So it was a lot of that outside shit where he didn't have to focus primarily on, you know, the in-prison shit the entire time during the movie, you know. So I, I think it was a good balance on, on the two aspects there, you know. Yeah, because that's where we got the master. You wanted more of the master, right. so I'm fine with it. But sure. it's like the old mall rat yeah. thing, right? It's like, all right, can they get to the mall already? It's a little interesting, like it takes a long, like almost 40 minutes into the film, I think, for him to get to jail. So right. it's okay. I don't mind it, but then it makes jail seem kind of boring. That's all. It's like, where's the master at? What's the master? You know, it's like, what what is Poochie doing? You want the it's all time to know what's what's Poochie doing? Where's Poochie? Why right. Poochie well, see, you couldn't you couldn't bring like the, master the master to jail with you. So if you can't bring the master to jail with you, then that makes for less of a entertaining movie. So to involve that more in the beginning, I think was kind of essential to the way this movie was structured or whatever. You know, man. Oh, 100%. percent. I'm just kind of larking a little bit but i would like to have seen the movie where the master is training 
uh, Mindy at home, and you just ignore the fact that Stan's in jail, and you just stay with the master and Mindy. And yeah, they should have they should have done some side shit on that. That might have been cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like that they, but they didn't because it, it makes you think like she's she's banging the master, right? Right. They and that you don't realize to the end, right. right? So, so <laughs> I think it, you know, so I think it worked out good. And I, I actually like, I enjoyed the prison scene because it kind of took this really hardcore you know world of prison and in the overarching theme of this movie which is rape which is a terrible thing right and it's yeah people are scared of that in prison and shit dude a lot of people are scared of that in the real world but it's like it's a horrible thing but it, it kind of softens it when he starts to kind of get to know the guys and they, it kind of lightens them up a little bit this these big kind of tough characters so i kind of enjoyed that aspect of it a little bit um the prison scene where he kind of like he kind of he he eliminates like you know, like all the bad stuff that happens in jail. And and it's kind of cool to, just to get that little softness uh, in there because it was just such a overarching, dark, like terrible thing to even, even think about. So uh, I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, final notes. I completely agree with that. And I think it just shows that this was a script that got moved around a little bit. So my guess is a couple people took different runs at it. So it does seem at times it's a little bit Frankenstein together where it's got these kind of clashing themes or it seems like it's going one way and then you know you go from like rape jokes to like can't we all live in harmony it's a little bit of, of an odd kind of mix sometimes but it does make it more interesting than your standard rob Snyder flick yeah and obviously everything's really over embellished because it's you know a comedy and a rob Snyder flick you know but right they're trying to take it to a cartoony level basically to like yeah, you know, yeah. almost a looney tunes level so you don't take it too seriously that they, they have sure. said, i think in the opening scene basically right yeah yeah i mean the opening scene's fucking pretty hilarious actually man i mean it does catch you right away even though it's a little bit a little bit weird you know the opening scene is what he stays talking to the old lady about <laughs> about about you know uh you know the bad neighborhood he wants to sell her the timeshare and everything you know and he swindles her into it man you know and gets arrested during the process and she still signs the fucking papers that just tells you how fucking these fucking scammers do you man you know but let's just kind of keep going kind of with that you know you mentioned it you get to see it at the beginning and i think it's interesting you know that maybe the humor is a little off but it does actually set up that he's really good at what he does which makes sense of why the warden gets him in later to in on the real estate plot or whatever and we also get the stuff in court here we get richard kind starts out as like the nice good lawyer and then he gets rid of him for the guy he sees on a bench jamie g would you how do you feel about lawyers they find off of benches is that a solid way to find a good attorney Hey, man, I mean, anybody who's ever used Saul Goodman would say absolutely it's a way. And I think they kind of nailed the, the sleazy kind of crooked lawyer thing. And not to say that people that advertise, uh, you know, on the bench are all crooked or or dirty lawyers, but they got the right character here. They cast it perfectly. And yeah, that's a that that's a win, man. Yeah, it's a great actually directing from schneider here you got to cut to him seeing the bench then they zoom in on it and then they zoom in his picture then they zoom out to him in court and you know obviously his teeth aren't quite as nice as they are in the picture and everything and just the idea that he gave all these krugerrands to the judge to bribe him knowing going in that it was a three-year minimum anyway so all it did was buy him the six months i guess it works out for the plot of the movie but if i was a uh, big stand here i'd be a little pissed right like dude krugerrands for what i was i'm going to jail what the hell man you know what's funny is actually like in the in the next scene they're at they're at lunch or whatever and he's like 
That popper's a hell of a lawyer, man. <laughs> He's all talking like yeah, that. when he yeah. tried to eat all the food because all the prison food. Which <laughs> that could be sitting in jail out, right that now. That pays off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that dude is definitely the perfect guy to play that fucking lawyer. And then we've seen him in other shit. Like we, he's definitely been around me, but he plays that role and it's just like that's the, the you know you expect that guy to be that kind of fucking you know. He has one hundred percent played a southern lawyer in at least one other <laughs> thing before. I can't think of what it is, but he has one hundred percent. Absolutely played a southern lawyer. And anything else like kind of the court stuff, you get the, the foreman lady who comes back around again. And again, shout out Richard Kind who only has the, the scene there in the beginning is like the good lawyer who won't bribe the judge. But for the most part, I thought hey, the he said it sounded good at the time, right? You know, and if it sounded and you good, get at the time, idea, he's that lawyer. And I think that's a cool <laughs> speech where he tells him outside the courthouse, like, you know what? I know I'm going to go to jail. Like, that's the, the locker room speech, right? It's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. And he's basically, I know I'm a crooked lawyer. I, I'm going to go to jail at some point. I accept that. And then you see him going to jail at the end of the flick. So there is some decent writing on that level. Again, better than I think your yeah. standard kind of, you know, Rob Schneider fair or something like that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, and this is probably the the best spot of any to bring up the six degrees of Lebowski because we're in jail. We see Richard Real. He's Judge Perry. He also played the old guard. He was the guard on the bus in the Fugitive. Also in the Fugitive, you have Julianne Moore playing Doctor Annie Eastman, and lo and behold, she was Maud Lebowski. So there you go. In two degrees, we're right back. To the Lebowski. And, and shout out Rob Snyder's like uh, purple Joker suit. I don't know what was up with his purple suit. I felt like there must have been some kind of reference they were going for there. But that was a really, really purple suit. That was pretty fucking purple. Pretty sick, though, man. Yeah, dude, was flashy, man. Drives a Lambo and shit, dude. It has a very nice house. Drives a Lambo. Yeah. Soup, you have the background up if you're watching on YouTube. Anything on the, the bar scene here? I like that the dude has the biggest like prison tattoo you'd ever seen, like property of state. I mean, Schneider's mom tattoo was pretty funny because it was also really yeah. I think bad. the tattoo experience yes, was, it was. Good, uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, that you know, like a tattoo you get when you were eighteen, better. it would be bad generally. Yeah, I mean, I there's probably better jailhouse tats out there for sure. I mean, you know, other than whatever that one was, but. And I just thought, it, you know, it was an interesting way to do it. it was over the top with the, oh, you're going to get raped. Or, oh, you join the Nazis and then you'll only get raped by Nazis. It was kind of the same joke over and over. But they did, again, try to play it off by being, oh, cool, it's a gay bar. And that's not even the problem. The dude only rapes when he's in jail, but he's gay all the time. It, it was just a really weird way to set up the premise, I thought. It, it, interesting, not weird, bad, just just weird, interesting. No, you know what? That actually made it more, uh, it, it kind of gave it more of a realistic touch to it, I would think, other than just the stereotypical, oh, fuck, I'm going to go to jail and probably get raped, you know, because I'm sure anybody that's going to jail is probably going to get that in the back of their fucking mind at some point because of the way, and, you know, I mean, if anybody fucking from uh, from the world has never been to jail, I've never been to jail, but if I go to jail for some reason, hopefully I never do, I would probably think, fuck, man, what am I going to do if somebody tries to rape me? It would be there. It would be a thought in my fucking head, you know? And I was, So I think that's where a lot of this, uh, you know, obviously came from. And uh, it's, you know, he goes in there, he fucking gets a fucking huge fucking banger, a slammer of a fucking whiskey, dude, for 75 fucking cents. <laughs> that's a deal, dude. That was my that's question. Is And he pays with a dollar and says, keep the chain, so she gives him a look. Is she angry or is she happy with that tip? I mean, it's 25%. Yeah, I don't know. Even, even though it's 25%, uh, it's still only a fucking quarter, but the drink's only 75 I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I probably would have 
I probably would have thrown at least a fucking another. I mean, if you're giving me five, a seventy five, five dollars. If you're giving me half a fucking pint of whiskey for uh, seventy five cents, man, I can give you two bucks. You know, I mean, <laughs> so. But what you know, it depends. Whatever the fuck. Either way, man. You know, like that. That's not the issue here, man. The issue here is. Depends on the, what the whiskey the, is blended with. That's the issue. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it could have been watered down in a place like that or any place. You know, you never know. But uh, there it is. And now here we are. Dude's afraid of being raped at jail, you know, and who wouldn't be? Rightfully so. Yeah. And that pretty much sets up the next thing he decides like he's going to become unrapeable. And so when I say to you that I will make myself unrapeable, I will be unrapeable. Yay! He does some Chinese team steroids. Uh, you see him sitting in the park. I love when he's got the uh, smuggling things up your ass for dummies, and he's looking yeah. at a file, and the lady's looking <laughs> at him. It just kind of so comes funny. off. And then he even has his wife, I'm assuming, uh, penetrate him rectally with a big black dildo, and... Uh, we see that he comes to yeah, like it. Yeah, that was great. And then he gets his ass kicked <laughs> at the karate class, gets kicked out, and that sets up the when he meets the master. Anything on any of that before we get to David Carradine as the master? I do think that the, uh, hey, man, if something like this does happen to me in jail and I want you to do it to me first, he had to have somebody break him in, man, you know? And, hey, why not have, you know, the, your wife or whatever the fuck, whoever you're fucking break you in with a big fucking dildo we're not here to kick shame we're not here to kick shame if if he liked it no that's that's on you as long as it's legal and consensual if it's like hey man if this might happen to me anyway i want to be prepared dude i gotta fucking lube up i gotta fucking you gotta play a free game you know so just in case he was smart it was a smart play yeah i mean all right guys well we talked about a bunch of things that he's done here to prep himself but what about the potential tattoo on his asshole to make it unpenetrable what do you any thoughts on what that is we never get that and i I feel let down on that but i i did not want my exact note says i am glad they never showed his butthole (laughs) 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 are you curious as to what it was though i mean come on man i mean after after that scene with the with the prison guards he said make it something that would i'm looking for the exact quote I, i had it somewhere do you have anything you could tattoo around my sphincter to make it less attractive? And you get the idea. I thought it was going to be something more like angelic or angel or God or, you know what I mean? Because there's a little glow when they show it at the end. So maybe it was make people feel bad. That was the way I took it. You know what I like to think? I like to think it was, uh, you know, the... the uh, Sweet baby Jesus the, the, or something. I don't know. Nah, I'm thinking more like the sandworms from Beetlejuice, like the mouth of those just around the fucking asshole, you know? So nobody wants like to stick Tim, their like dick in something like that. In there. Yeah, Tim <laughs> Burton got in with the big, with the big nasty, like, you know, fucking fangs and everything. Nobody wants to stick your cock in that. Either either that or the thing that they, or the thing that they have to walk the plank in, in uh, Star Wars, man, you know, it, after Chibata, after fucking the job of the hut fucking makes them fucking walk the plank, dude, and they fucking walk the plank into that fucking sand fucking thing. And it's got all the tentacles and shit. Like yeah, it's a sarlacc. That, you know, it's a sarlacc. Yes, pit. that thing. That thing. That thing would be you know something you wouldn't want to put your dick in. So that could go on somebody's sphincter as well. And don't stick your dick in the sarlacc pit would be the title of the episode <laughs> if we title it that way. <laughs> 
Next up is the section that I think we all can agree is one of the better sections of the movie. And that's when we get to meet the master played by David Carradine. He trains Stan for six months to get him ready for his time in jail. David Carradine certainly seemed to be having a good time in this role. Really nice to see him in this. How'd you guys feel about all the the pre-jail training? I really enjoyed all the pre-jail training, dude. I thought it was fucking top-notch, man. You know, when Carradine comes into this movie, man, it just changes the whole fucking thing. And yeah. he, and he's he's fucking he's great. Like it just, you know, the things that he makes him. Some of them are a little bit fucking too far out there, man. But like, you mean the whole scene where he's trying to eat fucking scorpion? You know, I'm trying to eat. Yeah. You know, he's fucking with that thing for fucking five minutes. Would like, you just calm down? I'm trying to eat fucking scorpion here, you know. And then he eventually is like, you're not worthy of eating scorpion. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Little things like that I thought were fucking hilarious about the whole fucking training. Obviously, it's not realistic to train for something like that in the span of like, you know, maximum five months after the, you know, six at most. But probably at this point, five or whatever the fuck. Either way, it's unrealistic. But still very entertaining and very cool. It's also unrealistic to smoke that many c- cigarettes. But the nip scene was probably the craziest one for me where he's just the effect was so bad though that was the problem it was yeah, just it was... so bad looking that it would have been better if they didn't show it as much and just found a way to cut it it was just too obvious that it was just this like suit thing and it just didn't it took away it took me out of it i would say Did it, pay it off pays off like it... twice you get the you got to so... strengthen your you got to do your titty workouts or whatever right you got strengthen your titties right it pays off well, like twice never... i'll give them that it's clear he's wearing a <laughs> a thing there you know so when they first meet him the master you know he's, he's smoking a cig he's all cool in the alley what is he roasting is that supposed to be a giant rat i couldn't figure out what animal or is it a cat i couldn't figure out what animal it was supposed to be that he was roasting i'm going with a rat or a cat for I sure think it's a rat. I, I think it's was... not a rat yeah it's got to be a rat i'm assuming you chopped the tail off man i don't know what the uh well, he was really, it probably burned off with the fire. You know, that's the first thing that's going to go. You light a fire under that motherfucker, dude. That's going to go down like a sparkler, probably, you know? He probably smoked that shit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you, you mentioned eating scorpion. If that was a sex move, what is it, and why does it probably involve Tabasco sauce and an orifice? Holy fuck, if it isn't one, I've got to invent it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, just add a little, uh, just add a little Tabasco, and you're good to go, dude. Yeah, a little Tabasco, yep, little dude. Tabasco you're, eating, you're eating some scorpion tonight. Fucking hot pepper, dude. Scorpion peppers. <laughs> the scorpion was cool, but I enjoyed the live snake too. I thought that was kind of cool. Like I don't know how they did that. If that was just an effect or what, but it definitely that, that was a cool one. That was. Yeah, cool, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that it really accomplished a lot when he just beaten him with the burning sticks or whatever. But it, it was a pretty cool visual. And I like the visual how the master like kept get upgrading to a bigger ashtray, and eventually he just got this giant ashtray that takes up like half of his bed. And then the whole bit when he's in there, you know, meditating by himself and everything, I I thought all that was good. And the uh, same thing like the finger gag with the I thought that was actually pretty funny. And again, you the can tell it was, was really cool. practical, but it was uh, I thought it was you know an interesting kind of parody run on the you know the the montage. Yeah, I mean there was some real kind of kung fu in there mixed in with the typical rob schneider you know comedy stuff which which was fun so i think that work you know that that stuff really worked for this movie and just shout out the uh then the scene at the end where the you know the master and stan and the lawyer are all at the uh, 
at the dinner, I guess. I think they're drinking Sierra Nevada, maybe. And uh, yeah, that's where the master Sierra also Nevada. talks about his uh, low circulation. You know, that comes back around again. So just pointing out that there is the writing is threaded pretty well throughout this. Big Stan finally gets to jail a bit over 40 minutes into the movie. It's pretty standard stuff. He meets the warden, his cellmate, and uh, and he gets into a fight with the biggest, baddest dude in the yard. What did you guys think of the, the first part of the jail plot here? The fight scene was impressive. Like you pointed out, they did try on this for some of the fight scenes. You're not going to, you know, mistake it for even like an Expendables level movie or something. But for what's supposed to be ostensibly a comedy, the, the action and fight sequences were pretty decent. I agree, dude. The, the fight the fight scenes were pretty good, man, especially with some of the camera work with the spinning around and everything, the circular and whatnot and all that, man. Pretty fucking well done. Yeah, and right away on the bus, you saw the titty thing comes back when he basically submits the dude uh, via titty twister. They got a good job of getting some big guys. I Like, during the fight, they used a lot of the things that you saw during the montage with the sticks and all that and everything. So, again, good writing. And, you know, Rob Schneider, obviously, you know, got his pump on or whatever, did his best for this. And I thought he held, you know, held up pretty well for these fight scenes. I like it, man. I like that because, like, you know, you don't really think that, you know, Schneider is going to be a dude that's going to be a badass fucking kick everybody's ass in fucking jail kind of guy. But he fucking pulled it off, man, you know, so. And he's not much of an action star. You don't see him in a fucking action movie ever, you know, so uh, he was able to fucking swing it in this movie, man. He was, and it, and it worked well, and it was, there was enough there to where it was believable for me, and, you know, it's it's kind of, but it wasn't over the top with his like ability. You know, if we didn't have that that time with the master, none of this would have been viable, right? But it, or if they would have kind of did a sh- you know shorten that out, I, I, that's why I think it's important that they went with the full forty minutes to kind of get him there. That's why I don't. Yeah. It's it's a long time to get him to jail, but you kind of need that to make jail even remotely believable, right? Well, so, you know what, dude? Here's what you can relate this to, man. Think about fucking blood sport, man. You know, we had to spend a lot of time before he went to the Kumite, man. Got to do the training, got to do the splits with the ropes and everything else, man. You know what I mean? It's not recorded. Yeah, but the thing was, it's the true. Kumite was a climax then. This would be the climax if this were Bloodsport, but then there's a whole another, like, two acts to follow almost. And that's, the, that's the problem. Is this feels yeah. like it should be the climax. And then there's right. a whole like another bit tacked on the end, and that was my problem. This is great, like, but everything after the fight becomes a, an almost completely different movie. Not yeah. that it's wrong, yeah, they try to make it interesting, but it's not what you, you know, would think. And we kind of get the other, you know, jail stuff here. Like his his roommate's pretty funny, although again they go for the lowest common denominator joke with him being a a compulsive masturbator. That but that feels pretty standard. You know now is that or is that not the fucking dude from the from the burbs the doctor it's from the definitely him. so yeah definitely maybe him. that's why he's in jail dude uh, you know he's dr klopak from the burbs dude see there's a link to the movie right there tie it all together <laughs> you gotta like that tie it all together <laughs> yeah and all the same thing with all the gangs basically they're all kind of the same stereotypical gangs you see in most prison movies everything like that and there is a good subtle joke like if you watched during the six months when they were home mindy uh, stan's wife all she did was feed him lean cuisine so when he gets to prison he thinks the food's pretty good 
He's like, oh, this yeah. isn't that bad. It's because Mindy's been, I wonder if that was part of his training, if that was intentional or not. But they actually do show that every night, like even when the master shows up, she's like, oh, I'll heat up another Lean Cuisine or whatever. So that was a nice subtle gag. You did it perfect. You did it again. You heated it perfectly. <laughs> the subtle uh, that the subtle jokes in this movie are pretty good. The, like the books you will see again. Even uh, we didn't mention it during the training montage, but then the master is reading the how to smuggle things up your ass for dummies, which I'm assuming he is going to you know then teach to Stan. Just little stuff like that is actually really solid for a flick like that. So I thought that was cool. But cards on the table. You cannot make nunchucks like that out of soap, I don't think. That, was, uh, that wasn't soap. I didn't believe that. He was Rob Schneider, though. There weren't any cuts. He was pretty decent with the nunchuck. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely was, guys. And the, and the movie takes a bit of a turn after this. The Warden, played by Scott Wilson, just got that great voice. He wants to close the prison as part of a plan to profit off of a real estate deal. This involves getting the prisoners riled up in order to fail an inspection. Despite working with the warden, Stan takes it upon himself to help the prisoners get along. This is where it starts losing me a little bit. I, I kind of get the idea, but now you're adding a real estate plot. Then you're bringing in the, the master's former student. And now you got him uniting all the gangs. It's okay, but this is like an, an awful lot for the, the movie to try. Like I said, when it feels like they already had their climax. Yeah. And like the idea that what the Mexican music will all bring them together. I mean, it, it's okay. Don't get me wrong, but I know what they were going for. I just don't think they actually got there or earned it. It's not that good of a speech. Yeah, it, it, it's, I mean, I think they needed kind of a plot here to kind of pin, you know, his soft heart kind of with, with the connection to the characters in the jail against kind of getting out. I, I see why they did it, um, but it was, you're right. It's a, it's an uphill battle here after what we've gone through with kind of two or three acts before this one. So it uh, might be a bridge too far, but. They made him unrapeable too early because once he's unrapeable, it's like Superman. What do you do then? How do you beat Superman? Now that he's Superman, yeah. where does the the flick go from there and i think they struggle a bit they know what the ending is but this is just the part where they're kind of flailing around until basically you get kind of to the conjugal visit and then everything and then everything snaps in for the final you know 15 minutes or so nothing wrong with it just yeah. definitely drags a bit this you know in this part of the flick i think but you do get the setup of the subtle joke where they're pissing in the garden and then later when they eat the strawberries that again the subtle jokes in here are pretty good and they don't spell it out to you so as much as I kind of am shitting on it at points, it does have some solid stuff going for it. Sure, man. You know, and I re I relate some of this. Uh, you know, I mean, from when it switches to you know to the to the training with the master to where he's actually in prison or whatever, man. I, then then it definitely changes the tone of the movie a lot, and and it's kind of relatable to movies like The Longest Yard. Or um, you know, I really thought this was comparable to a movie called uh, uh, Let's Go to Prison, the one with Dax Shepard and fucking what's his name over Will Arnett or whatever the fuck it is good fucking movie man shit man that might have been even more pitch worthy than this one that was a good one but fucking uh either way it's got that that, that comical aspect on a serious situation which happens to be prison you know and, it, and it, it does involve a lot of stereotypes and everything else but they play on that and it makes it work you know so they had to build the that kind of a scenario now that it was going from the previous shit to this part in the story you know so there was also more time it took to build up to that there was the, there was a fight you know i mean big stanny had to go in there 
He had to go in there and be some ass. Why aren't we talking about that? We kind of get to this point in the movie here where Stan seems to be on a roll, but the inmates are are all getting along, and, and this throws a wrench in the warden's plans. The warden uses Dang to threaten Stan, and Popper fails to score him an appeal. He also comes to, to believe that the master is sleeping with Mindy, so a lot of bad stuff happening here for Stan. Stan gives up and starts antagonizing the other inmates, much, much, much to the light of the warden. Anything in particular here anybody wants to talk about with this kind of part of the movie here, whereas things kind of go from good to shitty for Stan? Basically, just the bit with his lawyer on the outside trying to bang the jury foreman. It's a whole bit, oh, she has one more orgasm. Uh, he's she's going to get you off, and then Dang shows up, and then he gets kicked in the balls, and then you get the payoff of that joke later. Uh, again, that whole bit worked really well for me. Yeah, I, I thought so too, man. Um, oh, and uh, I thought so too. you know, We've alluded to it. You get the montage with all the gangs getting along. So they have their prison mixer, and that's where you get the the toilet, uh, the toilet cocktails and whatnot. So there you go. Toilet cocktails, dude. You know, I mean, it, I I hear sometimes you know uh, rumors about things that happen in in you know in 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 prison or whatever. Man, they say it's hard to get like honey buns, and people love the honey buns in there, and uh, and some other stuff. But like having fresh fruit for your fucking toilet bowl cocktail. That's some luxury prison shit from what I would understand as far as what I know about, uh, you know, prison life and all that. So that's kind of fucking cool, man. Yeah, that is not federal pound you in the ass prison, right? That doesn't sound that way, to put it in half-baked terms. <laughs> Nasty Nate. Yeah, and this is just basically what the film boxed itself into. He has to turn on them to create conflict to make the end of the movie happen. It doesn't make any sense why he does it. It it just it had to happen for the story's sake. So it is what it is. No, well, no yeah, man, they had to they had to play on the whole fucking time. Uh, he's got three to five or whatever, so they they have to fucking find a way to make that part of the of the story. You know, even even if there's an early release or whatever. So it was inevitable that you know, even like the lawyer said, man, that was going to happen anyway. You're going to get three to five. So same thing with the movie, man. You're going to have to fucking go to that part of the movie, man. So here we are, that part of the movie, and that's what they did with it, you know. So uh, I think it was a little bit too loose, honestly. I think it was a little bit too, com not, I don't want to say commentary, but caricature-like, you know, or or whatever. But, uh, you know, and, and a little bit too cheesy, man, because, like, there's no way any of that. It was a little bit too far out there. But, um, but it was good for what it was, man. It was definitely good for what it was. It was funny, and it, and it, and it you know, it served its purpose, so... Well, that brings us to the climax of the film. We're finally climaxing here. First, Stan blows his meeting with the parole board in order to stop the inmates from rioting. He then learns that Mindy and the master aren't sleeping together after all. In fact, he's impotent. And that's just great. Then, Stan and Dang, the master's number one and two students go mano y mano. Nice little callback there with number one, number two. And Stan is victorious as he rushes to the yard to find that the prisoners are dancing, not rioting. The warden orders the guards to shoot. When they decline, he grabs a rifle and he starts blasting, shooting in the yard. He's foiled by the master and Mindy 
who has been training. Three years later, Stan says goodbye to the inmates and the new warden, the former guard, Bullard. Lou Popper is introduced as the newest inmate. Stan leaves with Mindy, his daughter, Mindy Jr., and the master, who is now their nanny. How'd the ending work for you guys? Thoughts on this climax? I actually liked the parole board scene. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, again, obvious. You knew he was going to blow it. But that was, I think, a better version. You've gotten kind of rape jokes and kind of the lowest common denominator jokes. This was, I think, a little bit better version of that. How He just got creepy with the lady. I don't know. That worked for me for some reason. And then, obviously, the whole bit with finding out that the master was impotent. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I mean, everything else really kind of tracked as far as, you know, ultimately the master having trained Mindy and them saving the day. I, I didn't really mind it. Couple of cool callbacks, Mills. Um, I, I enjoyed with the with Master and Mindy. I enjoyed him bringing back the balls, the silver balls, um, using them. So kind of a cool callback there. And then I also really enjoyed the um, the fight scene between uh, the the number one student and the and and Stan, the number two student. I thought that was really cool. Uh, the ending, obviously funny. They kind of did one quick like shot where the camera just saw that that tall building, right? Uh, and that of course ends up, you know, uh, getting inserted there. So I, I enjoyed that fight. I thought that was pretty cool. Again, pretty, you know, pretty good first time since Stan's been in jail that we saw him actually struggling with the fight. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And a couple callbacks. I think they bring back the heaven strength in your titties thing in that fight. And then he celebrates yep. too early. So again, good yeah. The writing is definitely above average. The fight choreography is above average. So this is definitely elevated above, say, your typical, you know, Rob Schneider flick. I think about it. anything in here is pretty much better than, say, the action in the animal or something like that. Yeah, T totally agree with that. Any Anything else on, uh, on Big Stan here? Do we like the end that the master became the nanny? And uh, yes. you should not be smoking in the car with children, though. Most definitely. That's bad. Even if you're the master. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I mean, the kid being three was kind of like, okay, so I guess that happened on that one conjugal visit. But other than that, I enjoyed the uh I enjoyed the fact that the that the master's part of the family now. That he just he has to be, right? I mean, come on. I just want to say I enjoyed Stan is still student number two because Mindy is now number one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Super. yeah, that's another one, man. You know, uh, you know, an, an interesting uh, theory on this is that, uh, you know, he is the master, man. So he could be master tricking everybody. Maybe, maybe he's not impotent, man, and maybe that's not Stan's kid and the master's kid. Instead, there's that twist on things, man. He does give a wink, Soup. He does. He does give, give a, wink. a wink. He does at give a, a weird wink. time. Yep, at a weird time when when he's like, "Meet your dad." You know, it's kind of it's kind of a weird he gives a wink to the camera where it's like, huh, just for a split second. It makes you think maybe that isn't Stan's kid. Maybe that's maybe that's the master. Well, uh, but, you know, this master character, it's I mean, I love it. There's such little things like you were saying, the subtle things, man, like he's got fucking his fingers are like yellow. His two fingers are yellow. Did you guys notice that? Because like he's always smoking and shit. So just <laughs> it's like this obvious like fucking whatever the fuck, man. Was, I mean, embellished, but fucking hilarious, dude. So, yeah, little things like that are fucking great about this movie, man. And, yeah, I wouldn't pa put it past the master to be like, man, maybe he's the fucking guy. Let's be honest, man. If the master had a kid with anybody, the kid would immediately come out looking like the Marlboro Man. 
right at birth, he would come out with a Zippo. He'd come out smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> like when you when you cut the umbilical cord, it just lights his first stoke. That's just how it works. All right, man. I think that brings us to it. So let's get down to the brass tacks here. We've gone over the qualifications, so it's time to determine if Big Stan is sponge worthy. So you think you're sponge worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. Soup, this was your pitch. So you're up first. Is Big Stan sponge worthy for you? I'll say it's sponge worthy, but only like one time sponge worthy. Not a repeat sponger, man. Like I'll give it a one sponge, man. Spoken so, like a sponge man worthy. Yeah. Infinite supply of sponges out there. <laughs> I don't think there is. Uh Oh, man, I just don't think this one checks all the boxes. I, I think we could do maybe some over-the-pants hand stuff, but I don't think that Big Stan quite gets to sponge-worthy for me. Jamie G? Look, man, is it is it worth watching if you've never seen it before? Yeah. You, you got yourself a rainy day. You're hungover. You're looking for something to do. Like, this is a this is a fine one to watch. But is it in the echelon of, of being sponge-worthy? It's not. But that's not to say it's not a fun movie and a good time to check out, but it's not sponge worthy to me. Exactly. That's why you just do some hand stuff or whatever. It's fun. Apparently I'm yeah. a fucking slut, but Hey, I think it was at least one sponge, man. A one time, you know, you give it a one, a one nighter, dude, you know, what the fuck, man. You know? There's a limited supply. So you, there's nothing wrong with buying everything that the pharmacist has. That's totally cool. Gotta do what you gotta do. Now that we've determined that Big Stan is not quite sponge-worthy, it's time to give it a final grade. On a scale of 1 to 10 prison shanks, how many are you giving to Big Stan? I'll go first, and I'm going to say 5.8 prison shanks. Not bad. Food was better than I expected. Slightly better than average, but still probably not anything I'll rewatch again. Jamie G, prison shanks for Big Stan. I'm definitely going to be higher than you, but probably a lot lower than soup. I, you know, I couldn't really come up with a number that I felt great with. So I'm just going to take it back to Bill and Ted and go 6.9 shanks. 69 dudes. I hear you, man. I hear you, you know, and you know, to be honest, man, I did pitch this movie. Do I think it's a fucking slam dunk of a fucking movie? No, I just thought it'd be fun. And for what it is, man, you know, not sizing it up against fucking other ridiculous, like, fucking 10 sponge worthies, you know, and shit. You know, just for what it is, man. I'm going to give it a fucking 7, man. I'm going to give it a fucking 7, man. And um, we're going 7 on the sponge scale, dude. He's got, got seven, seven shanks. He's got a solid seven on the sponge seven scale. Shanks. I got seven shanks on my sponge scale. Seven solid <laughs> shanks on the sponge scale. Seven solid Say that shanks seven on the fucking times. Scale. <laughs> that's like seven s's dude holy shit that's a lot of s's yeah we came up with a tongue twister dude play the evanescence <laughs> now that we've gone ahead and graded big stan and determined its sponge worthiness let's see where it comes in on the schneider scale mills tell us how this works roger dodger uh we went on imdb search for top rob schneider films Gave us 22 of them. So what we did was ranked them for ourselves. And we're going to try to give you some perspective on where Big Stan sits on the Schneider scale. For the record, 
Big Stan is rated 6.1 on IMDb, which puts it 11th of the 22. So literally right in the middle. And I just want to point out that Jamie G, have you actually seen the wrong Missy? Yes. Yeah, I tell Super and I have never seen it. Just real quick, what's that one? You had it three, so both of us had it last. It's phenomenal, dude. In fact, yeah. it's it would be huh. it would be worth it would be worth doing on this on this show, man. Very, very, very funny. David Spade, he gets set up with a with a blind date, and it ends up being, you know, the wrong person with the same name. And he goes on an incredibly hilarious adventure with her. Uh, yeah, dude, it's, it's a, it's a big win. We, we should absolutely consider doing that. In fact, I, I could just make a statement right now that that should be our next thing that we do because he's the pitching it, dude. Is, he's pitching. dude, it's really good. No, dude. he's soft pitching and he's trying to pitch it without pitch. Soft pitch. Yeah. It's, 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 it's way up there. I had it. Dude, you put it at, you put it at fucking three. So I'm like, and I said that, that. Good, I was like, dude. I never it's saw hilarious. this movie. And if it's a good one, I'm going to be mad because I put it last, but I had never seen oh, it, so man. I had no frame of reference. What I mean, what am I supposed to do, dude? You know, and I didn't know that you put it at three. Are you taking a gamble? You who? I never heard of it. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm out of the loop. Like, all right. So moving on. Yeah, I mean, just uh, kind of move through, and I just. And I just want to point out, I had Home Alone 2 at 5. Both of y'all had it in your bottom three. So I'm not sure what Home Alone 2 ever did to you, but that sucks. <laughs> uh, Jamie G was way down in Big Daddy. I had it at 12. Soup had it at 9. Jamie G had it down at 21. I'm also much higher on Judge Dredd than y'all. I had it at 6. Jamie G, you had it at 16. Soup had it at 8. Uh, shout out, Soup. You were really feeling it for... Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, you had it at five. I was at 21. <laughs> Jamie G is 14. You're ready to ride the Euro rail or whatever you want to do. Uh, Jamie G, hot chick at number four. Uh, any defense of that? Uh, man, I, a part of me was like, I remember watching it and it being very, very, very funny. I probably overinflated that because when I watched it, I don't know, man. It was a long time ago. Like, I, I probably need to rewatch. I haven't seen it recently enough, but I remember really liking it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm throwing it way up there. Dude, these Rob Schneider movies that do it to you. You catch one, you're like, fuck, this is fucking hilarious, man. You know? Yeah. It depends yeah. on when you catch it. You catch it on a good one, and you're like, damn it. Yeah. So, I mean, the hot chick is. It depends a good on one. the movie you watch when you. When I should. Yeah, it is. It all has to add up, dude. It's like the alignment or whatever, man. But, like, um, I should have ranked Hot Chick higher than I did, man. You know, like after in retrospect, I was like, "Fuck, I should have put that up higher." You know. I like the conversation we're having here, and I want to point out that I had Longest Yard, the remake, there at seven, two pet at eight, JBG eighteen. No love for the Longest Yard. Ah, uh, I liked it, but I just I don't know, man. I, I there was a lot of good ones on this list. It was tough to tough to do. Come on, and dude, honestly, I would have. Had... Yard... I would have had Judge Dredd a lot higher, but I haven't. Well, I watched Judge Dredd like once, like twenty years. I don't even remember it. So, like, that's why it's so low. I remember I liked it. I would like to redo Judge Dredd. If anybody's feeling froggy on pitching, you might you might have my vote on that because I would like to rewatch Judge Dredd. Well, there there's definitely a possibility there, but I would like to go ahead and quickly interject about the longest yard, dude. And if you haven't seen that, you should rewatch it, dude. Think about this, man. To put it to drop it that low, man, you got to remember who's in that fucking movie. You got Cheeseburger Eddie in there, man. I mean, for fuck's sake. 
It's true. Actually, that's a really <laughs> deep cast. I enjoyed that one. Probably my favorite use of Michael Irvin ever. So shout out the <laughs> longest yard. Yeah, I think and it's a remake. Fair. Brought back Burt Reynolds, man. You know, it's legit, dude. It's definitely legit. Yeah, all right. That brings us almost to our top five. I want to point out that we all kind of like Mr. Deeds more than the public. I had it at 11. Jamie G had it at 10. Super at 6. So uh, shout out Mr. Deeds. First honorable mention goes to Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. I was lowest. I had it down at 14. Jamie G had it at 8. Soup had it at 4. That brings us to our top five. And I am extremely disappointed that Necessary Roughness is at 5. I had it at 4. Jamie G at 6. Soup all the way down at 16. Killing me, dog. <laughs> Wow! And in, a, and in a shocker, number four is it's down Periscope. Tough, That's not the shocker. The shocker is Soup is the lowest of us on down Periscope. I had it at eight. Jamie G seven. Soup all the way down to ten. Hating on his favorite movie ever. Down. Yeah, Periscope. dude, he pitched. He pitched <laughs> that on a silver screen sometimes. Wow. We're higher on it than he is. I mean, yes. this is a hard fucking. This is a tough fucking list, man. I'm, oh, it gets oh, it harder. Gets, it's a lot of factors here, man. It's, it's Schneider movies. It's the movie. It's the supporting. It's everything, man. Like, uh, fuck, man. It, whatever. This is the Schneider, this is the Schneider scale. We got the Schneider scale, dude. Schneider scale. Schneider scale. Schneider, I mean, I'm getting Schneidered around over here, man. You know, Schneidering me up pretty hard, dude. That's what she said. We've got a pretty clear top two. So number three here is the, the last one where there's a lot of difference. And that's the water boy. I had it at three. Jamie G at five. Soup all the way down to 13. And this is a, not only a movie I enjoy and another deep cast. You got Kathy Bates. You got Henry Winkler. Solid fucking cast. But you also get Rob Schneider doing that. You can do it. Which is a top tier Rob Schneider. You can do it. It is. It is. Damn it. See, you know, it's hard to keep up with all these fuck. That's what I'm going back to. These characters, man. You know, I mean, that's what we're doing. He's had a lot of characters, dude. A lot of characters. A lot of characters. It's a lot in the. It's a lot in dude's brain right now, man. You know, so. (laughs) And we had a a clear top two here with our top two. All of us had these two movies, either one or two. But the way it worked out was number two. Grandma's Boy, Soup and I had it at two, Jamie G at one, and at number one, not a surprise if you listened to this before, is Demolition Man. I had it at one, Soup had it at one, Jamie G at two. So again, clear top tier there. I'll tell you what, the Schneider scale was pretty cool, but don't you guys worry because I know what you're waiting for. And yes, we close out every episode of regular dudes watch stuff by deciding what we're going to talk about next time. We're trying to get to a movie. You better get going. You don't want to miss one second of that movie. Is it that good? <laughs> it's the best goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Dude hangs dumb. I oh. told you! I told you! I don't want to miss that! We do this by all pitching something, and then we vote on a winner. Only rules here are that you can't vote for yourself, and you can't repitch something previously lost until the designated week, which is every seventh week. On the Sabbath, we do it. Now, if there's a tie, we spin the wheel. This time, the suit pitches first, then Magna Mills, and since we're saving the best for last, I'll be running anchor this time, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth. Soup, send us on our way. Hey! 
Well, see, here's the thing, man. We lined shit up and did big scan, big stand um, this week, you know, to kind of go off our track with fucking stressful movies and everything else, you know, take a little bit of breather, have a laugh at a fucking easy going comedy, you know, and whatever the fuck. But now going into this week, man, I want to bring it pretty fucking hard. And I'm going to bring it pretty fucking hard. And sometimes, you know, we like to link these things together. I, was, I thought about it. I studied it. You know, I was like, man, Rob Schneider joint, man, should I go and do a different Rob Schneider joint or any of these fucking lists of ones that he's on here, which is like a whole fucking library of shit, a laundry list or what have you. And then I was like, man, I don't know. Then I could branch off into Sandler shit because he's in a bunch of that. And then I said, fuck it, dude. I'm taking David Carradine, man. And I'm going to branch off on his shit. And I'm going to bring it back hard. And I'm going to pitch fucking Kill Bill, dude. I'm going Kill Bill because it's fucking Bill, dude. And you know what? It's man. Kill Bill for multiple reasons, which I need not to even fucking explain right now. So there's too much to even say about it. If you're not familiar with the movie, you should be. If you are, rewatch it and there's... Obviously, no reason for me to say anything else other than it's going to be fucking a banger to talk about. Kill Bill. Both volumes. Wow. Let's bring it hard if you're going to go big. He's doing a dually, dude. He's hey, doing a dually. I'm, I'm the first one to bring a... I'm, yeah, I'm going to bring a fucking... I'm going to bring a two-part or fucking double set list fucking banger out there, man. The Kill Bill. The whole thing. The whole shebang, man. The whole fucking shebang. Wow. All right, that's big. That's big. 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 That is what she said. Nelson, <laughs> you're up next here, buddy. Oh, boy. That is a, a tough one to follow up. I am going to go totally out of left field. Or, you know, not quite. Maybe just bring in the reliever out of center field. Keep it the Happy Madison universe. Just throw it out there. What the hell? Why not do Happy Gilmore? I, I watch a little golf. This is a good one. We haven't done a, a real sports flick yet. I mean, well, say what you will about rounders, but I think Happy Gilmore could be a lot of fun. And it's one I think holds up well. I enjoy it. Uh, it's hard to go against Kill Bill, so you got to throw a little bit of fire up there. So I elect to use Bob Barker. Jamie G, what do you got? Guys, I was going with a Ray Liotta just classic here. Um, but then we talked about the wrong Missy and I, I am, I am going to pitch this thing. Okay. I mean, just hear me out on this, dude. We've got David Spade. We've got Lauren Lapkus. That's the chick. She's fantastic in this. Nick Swartzen makes an appearance. And the premise of this is, is David Spade's character, Tim thinks he invites the woman of his dreams on a work retreat to Hawaii realizing too late in the game that he texted the wrong person, the wrong Missy from a nightmare blonde date. This thing has action. This thing is so funny, dude. Classic David Spade comedy movie. Lauren Lapkus crushes in this, dude. She's so ridiculously good. It's not even funny. We got to check out the wrong Missy. Let's keep a little action, uh, a little a little fun times here uh, and, and keep the laughs going. You guys haven't seen this one. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Let's do it, man. Let's just do it. Well, I, I regret the implication that you think this is funnier than Happy Gilmore, but this is why we vote. And what I'm going to do is recap the options, starting with Jamie G, who pitched the wrong Missy. I pitched Happy Gilmore. 
Soup Deucer pitched a double feature, Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2. And what we do is we vote in the reverse order in which we nominated. So this time, JBG goes first, followed by myself, and then the soup is potentially the decider. JBG, you're the first voter. I love Kill Bill more than anyone. Like it's, I, I'm a huge Kill Bill fan. I just don't know if I'm going to have enough time to 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 watch two long movies. These are both long <laughs> mofos, dude. That's like a six hour fucking commitment. I just don't know that I can commit to that soup. Otherwise, I would do it. It's a big ask. It's a tall, tall ask. It's almost got to be on one where we're like gonna take a week off because that's it's just a lot of time there. So. Um, so with that said, I'm going to go happy Gilmore. Sorry, Soup. I love, I love Kill Bill though, dude. And we should do it at some point. It's just a big ask to do both of them. Okay. Well, I'm going to take Kill Bill. <laughs> nice. All right. So, so you know what's happy Gilmore or the wrong Missy? Here's what's crazy, dude, is because I can't vote for fucking Kill Bill, man. I never seen the wrong Missy. I have to go for that. I have to. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> so we're gonna once again. So once again, we have to go to the dude. fucking wheel, dude. Wheel, wheel. Oh, we, we need so, to get. We need yeah, to get so that. Knows what he's, doing he's doing his best <laughs> chance of keeping Kill Bill alive is what he's doing there. That's that too, but not like you know, first and foremost. Well, hey, what do we yeah, got here? Well, well. Oh Kill shit! Bill. Wow! If the thunder a... don't get you, then the lightning will. Wheel is turning, man. Man, the wheel is in favor of soup two weeks in a row. That's a. Uh, that's just the way that's it. A thing. The cookie that's crumbles. A thing that happened. Now this is a movie that's going to stress you out. <laughs> it is. It's a. It's a. You know. It's a tall ask here, but we're going to do it right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. And that's it. Kill Bill. Thank you guys for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We appreciate you checking us out. If you got a movie or show that you'd like us to talk about, let us know on social media. Hit us up in the comments of this YouTube video or podcast. We would gladly check it out. Break it down right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Mills, remind everybody where they can find us. Just please remember to find regular dudes watched up wherever you get your pods. Find us on YouTube or on social media at Dudes Watched Up. Again, if you could remember to do the flaps, follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find the show. We greatly appreciate it. It's all we asked. You know, let us know if there's something else you want us to cover. All that good stuff. And uh, we're going to be back next time to cover Kill Bill. We ain't messing around here, people. We are the regular dudes who watch stuff, and uh, we'll see you next week when we talk about Kill Bill. Till then, peace. Peace, God.